Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Here For It with Cammie and Amanda and you're tuned in to CJLO 1690 AM. Tonight, you guys, we have a very special guest with us for the first time. Welcome Jenna Davies. What's Hi. up? <laughs> Hi. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for letting me come in your podcast. I'm of so course, excited. We're so excited about it. So you guys, tonight we have a pretty sensitive topic coming up. It's uh, relevant considering the events that took place this past weekend in New Zealand. And um, with that being said, it's about gun control and gun violence. And we'll get into the New Zealand situation and event more uh, later in the episode. Um, but we just wanted to have a brief introduction of Jenna Davies. So Jenna, you came to Canada to study for university, am I right? Yes, I did. I moved to Montreal a couple years ago to do my undergrad in English literature. And I live with my aunts now, so it's pretty convenient. Great. It's it is convenient. Rent is high. Sure. <laughs> Um, where exactly are you from, from the States? I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. So like smack dab in the middle. Right. In the middle. It's um, right in the middle. When a lot of people ask me where it is, I'm like, oh, if you just took like a dartboard and yeah. like threw it, it's right there. You got the bullseye? <laughs> yeah. It's Kansas City. Um, so you said you were studying English Lit and that, um, it's your second year? Yes, it's my here? second year. I'm going to my third one in the fall. Cool. So if you would differentiate Montreal from Kansas City, what would you say are the main differences? Oh, man. There's a lot of little differences. Uh, Montreal is obviously a little bit more European. It's a lot bigger city than I'm used to. I'm actually from like a suburb of Kansas City. Uh, one of the main differences I've noticed is that like everybody walks in Montreal. Like you walk everywhere. You don't really walk anywhere. I don't walk. <laughs> no, I don't walk anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I like to blame it on from Missouri. They don't walk a lot. The public transportation's a lot different. Like, if you don't have a car, you're screwed. <laughs> really? There's no public trans, like, no buses or anything? Like, little to none. And if there were, I wouldn't go on them. Why? It's just not very safe. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I wouldn't really go on a bus or a metro. They don't really have, they don't have no metros. It's all, so interesting. like, you just have to have a car. <laughs> That's what I depend on is bus and metro. It, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Moving here is really weird for me. For sure. Do you take public, public transport a lot here? Yes, I guess you can't see me nodding, so <laughs> yeah. I'll say yes. <laughs> um, what else would you say is different? Oh, just a bunch of little things. You said you grew up in the suburbs, right? Yes. So here you're not so much in the suburbs and you're pretty close to like the city life. Would you say that you've enjoyed the city life here? I have definitely enjoyed the city life here. I am thinking about getting my permanent residency actually and staying here for the That's long so term. so exciting. Because I do like the city life a whole much more than I like the suburbs. <laughs> Safer, <laughs> right? Safer and just more entertaining. It's just so much more fun. Really? I've always told myself that I want to end up moving to the suburbs just because I'm not so much a city person. I can be at times. However, I'm not, um, I don't see myself long-term like living in the city and benefiting from that. Did you ever live in the suburbs or? I wouldn't, I didn't live in the suburbs, but in the summers I spend camping a lot. And so I really enjoy the peace and quiet and the outdoorsy lifestyle and I can really see myself doing that more than, you know, spending my time in the city where it's like constantly noisy. And But there's some times where I do really enjoy it, I guess. Oh, I hated camping. No way. Yeah, my family has a farm actually like two hours away in like rural See, that's Missouri. my dream. Yeah, no. Not <laughs> I go there like once a year and then I realize that there's like no indoor plumbing and I'm like, eh, I don't like this. <laughs> that's okay. the thing. I'm like in between where I just, I do love nature and I like I would love to like go on a farm and everything. But live there permanently, I don't know how long I would last. I just, I've grown accustomed to the luxuries of the city and just, like, yeah. being able to walk everywhere and having everything nearby and, like... See, I like I like the city for its convenience, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, but I do envy you for growing up in the suburbs. I think that would have been really cool. Jenna's oh, no. shaking you know. her head right now. Well, She's yeah. like, no. <laughs> Well, my other college I was going to go to is called Graceland University, and that's in Iowa. That was the other one. But it's literally smack dab also in the middle of nowhere okay. in Lamoni, Iowa, and nearest Walmart's 30 minutes away. It's a beautiful campus, but it's super, super tiny. I like how you said Walmart. That's so stereotypical of the States. Well, yeah. <laughs> you have to have a Walmart. That's the only thing they do. Is like, go shopping at Walmart? Yeah. Amazing. How do you guys know each other? Because um, Jenna, you and Amanda are friends. So um, how, yes. how did that friendship spark? So I've, I met Jenna when she joined uh, Delta Phi Epsilon, which is what I had promoted, like from where 
what I had promote, promoted last week. Sorry. Um, when did you join? Like last year? Last like, fall. Last fall. Yes. Yes. So it's been almost a whole like school year, I would say, because you had fall and now you're in the winter semester. No, no, not last fall. The fall before that. Sorry. Yeah, it's been oh. about a year and a half. Okay, a year and a half. So yeah. 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 Um, she joined, so she's in my uh, family branch. Oh, that's so cool. Wait, is she your, like, little or your, like, no, little, little? Like, I don't know how uh, it goes. Like, <laughs> she's, like, my niece? Something, something <laughs> to that effect. Yeah. Yes. She, like, like, you and my big are co-littles. That, see, this language makes no sense no. to me. She, her big. Her, okay. I am her great aunt. I just really. Yes. Her big is my co-littles. Okay. Little. This is like Perfect. speaking Don't try language. to understand because nope. we barely understand. Unless ourselves. you have the, like, the list in front of you. It's very hard. Yeah. It sounds very complicated. Um, but yeah, basically that's how we met. Um, and we became friends like almost like instantly. She was the first person in the sorority to have come to my plays, my new oh, plays. Yeah. So for a project. And I made her a lovely card for Valentine's Day. That's with the Valentine's Day card that you made that you showed me. I think so. With yeah, like with the little hearts like in inside the, the window. No, 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 it was another one. Oh, okay, I made wow. a lot of Valentine's right. Day. No, this one was oh, a little was like special. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was special in the sense where I actually drew out a like an actual heart not like the like pretty hearts the hearts like an actual like autonomic like just why can't i speak today um an realistic heart, heart a realistic heart and um i put a bunch of puns inside because how cute yeah it was absolutely adorable it's one of my favorite things we do Called, yes what is it like secret valentine's it's a bonding yeah. it's a bonding session that's so cute mm-hmm. that's really nice we have quite a few we do. <laughs> On that note, I think we can take our first break. So we'll come back and um, we will talk more about. Uh, w- so the subject that we really want to get into, because um, Jenna is from the States, she has firsthand experiences on gun violence. And um, it's really relevant considering what happened last Friday in New Zealand. And we're going to talk about that as well. Um, and just to advise anybody who's listening, if by any chance or, you know, we get any information wrong or we've said something that may insult someone, it's obviously not maliciously. We are um, trying our best to respect everyone in this situation and the conversation that we're going to have. So if you have feedback for us in ways that we can better our conversation and the way we've communicated this information, then go ahead and reach out to us. We are o- open for feedback. And um, on that note, we'll take our, for our break and we'll be back to talk about gun violence. You're kinda like a cutie, you're like a little baby orange Taunting my sweet tooth and you left me forlorn Now I'm having some problems with your philosophy Because you look like an angel and sting me like Under my nose 
Welcome back. So you're listening to CJLO 1690 AM, and we are here for it. Uh, We just listened to Kansas City Baby by Calvin Arsenia, which uh, is a new find for me just tonight, basically. Jenna, he's from your hometown, right? Yeah, he's from Kansas City, Missouri, which if you still don't know where it is, it's from like season three of Queer Eye. So (laughs) that's your little reference for it. But Calvin Arsenia is a really great um, artist. I actually know him. I met him once. He sang at my aunt's birthday party. He that works very closely with one of my aunt's um, very good friends that I've known growing up. And he's amazing. He's going on tour for his second album called Cantaloupe. And I'm so hopefully excited. he'll pass by. Oh yeah, Montreal. I'm hoping to see him some point in Kansas City. He was in Montreal just a couple weeks ago. Really? I didn't get to see him. I was really upset. Well, I didn't know about him to see him, but now that I do, I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> okay. It's rude that he didn't go see you. How how dare he? I know. I sent him a message and everything. <laughs> did you actually? I did. I told you I know him. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> I was like just going on He's with too, the joke. I didn't expect it. <laughs> right. He sent me one after and was like, oh, I didn't get to see you. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Eight years later. He's right. just like, who this? New phone. Who this? Okay. <laughs> Famous now. Right. I was like, I was the first one to ask for that song and told you you should put it on an album, but it's Okay. <laughs> No big deal. I'm the one who made you famous, but okay. Right. <laughs> um, back to um, our like more topic uh, of the night. Topic yeah. of the night, a little darker than music and such. Um, we're talking about gun control, and um, reason why Jenna is here is because she has um, very close has um, firsthand experience with it. Um, just to start off, I. Uh, wanted to um, talk about a bit what happened on Friday. So if you haven't heard of it, there was a mass shooting in New Zealand in Christchurch of two mosques. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing this up today, well, tonight, is because not even 24 hours after the shooting, after the incident, their prime minister um, instantly um, started making changes. And Things like this has happened, like in Australia, um, in Port Arthur. Um, there was also a shooting. I mean, not this year, but um, they immediately um, started changing their laws, and right after. And then it also happened in Scotland, where they basically banned handguns. And before that, um, there was shootings in England, which. Um, prompted them to make new amendments and restricted shotguns and banned ownership of some semi-automatic f- rifles. And this all brings it back to the U.S., which is one probably one of the most notorious for um, shootings, and yet not much has changed. Uh, recently, back in December, uh, President Trump announce um, legislation to ban the um, bump stock, which is an attachment to, uh, to like, guns, if I can dumb it down, where it makes you, like, it could, um, it allows you to fire, like, a, 
checkmate, like a semi-automatic weapon to fire like a machine gun. So uh, that was banned or is about to be banned. It was uh, announced in December, but not much else is being done. Um, And that's why. And how crazy is it that, you know, New Zealand is taking immediate immediate yeah. charge of what happened um australia was taking immediate charge of what happened and the, the scotland thing, all these countries and the thing is is that um what i was reading is that the difference between these countries um and us like north america is that they are islands so if they ban something they have a harder time having smugglers or right. um illegal firearms because they have literally nowhere to like get it from Mm -hmm. but places like in canada despite having a stricter like uh gun control like um we get like gun smuggle from the u.s and like for the states that do have uh a stricter policy they get their like guns illegal guns smuggled from other states that have no no law against it so it's it's basically what can we be done? We're such a big country. We have, like, the states have, like, such big states that all of them have to be, like, on board if they want to have change, basically. Yeah. Jenna, I'm really curious because you came from the states about two years ago, so that means that you were in the states when Trump was elected. What was that experience like for you? Were you able to vote at that time? I actually wasn't able to vote at that time. I was a month too young. We do our elections in November. My birthday was in January. Wow. That's just... But mm -mm. my grade in school was the first, like, the grade that got to vote. Mm -hmm. And so it was a whirlwind. It was very... You could feel the tension in the hallways. You could feel the tension in the city and basically in the state. It was a very kind of a stressful time. Our school, you weren't really allowed to talk about politics much. It's kind of treated as you would have religion. They... There's always, like, a... Because there's two sides. There's usually the Democrats and there's the Republicans. And our school had, like, kind of a split level of both. And so not all the teachers were just kind of walking on eggshells. They didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to upset somebody and have, like... Because it could get very heated very quickly. Right. That's interesting. I feel like um, at that age, you, schools should educate their students not and not necessarily impose their opinions on them. But, you know... Um, expose them to all of the information like it's I understand why they may be afraid of talking about it because it is a sensitive thing and because you can't impose your opinion on someone politically or religiously if you want to get into that as well but I feel like it's so important because when I was in high school we didn't really we didn't touch up on politics too much either same you know no we didn't have it either. either yeah and I think that it's so important because People like like you, for example, you were a month away from being of age to vote. And if the students who were in your grade were of age to vote, did they have enough knowledge to vote or were they basing their knowledge on their parents' opinions of politics and and of Trump at the time? You know, so it's really interesting to 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 understand that schools are not focusing on on something that is so important, you know, because we are people our age are the, are the future generation, the people who are going to take, who are going to be the future leaders of the world, you know? And if we're not, if we aren't able to be educated on, on such topics, then how are we supposed to, to understand what's going on? You know what I mean? Um, I want to know what was the voting system like? So, so when you were able to vote, what, how would that, that if, if you do know, how would that system have gone for you? Okay, so in the U.S., we have an electoral college, and that's how we do our presidential elections. Okay. And our electoral colleges works in a way that your state gets a set number of votes. Okay. And it kind of bases on how big your state is. And and then at the end, they're all added up. So you vote, and then the popular vote gets your electoral college vote. And so they get, like, I think Missouri is like, I don't know, 10. It, probably not. Please don't correct me. <laughs> don't, don't quote her on that Don't one. <laughs> quote me on that. And so if most of the people voted... Republican, mm-hmm. it's going to go, our 10 votes are going to go to Republican. Okay. And that's how that goes. But oh, technically is that the person that does our voting for us does not have to vote the way the state votes. Mm. It's called like a faithful electoral college person. I probably should have looked that up before I said it. But they don't technically have to vote the way we vote. They usually do, though. But okay. there is a little loophole. And a lot of the states usually have a set color that they are. It's just the way that they usually vote. Right. And the colors are red and blue. Blue is 
Democratic, red is Republican. <laughs> in Missouri, the state that I live in is red. So it okay. is a very Republican state. And the way the states break up are called districts. Right. And they are just based up on like the way the land is and like how many districts there are. Mm-hmm. My district I live in, which is Kansas City, it is blue. Okay. And so I'm surrounded, you could kind of say more like Democratic views, mm-hmm. but the, a lot of the state is red, which is a lot of Republican views. Okay. So a lot of the school I went to in the city I grew up in was a lot of Republican influence mm-hmm. and just like a little bit of Democratic. And would you say that was easy, like you were able to, that was reflective of the people that you were surrounded by? Like, so if they were more of a Republican, um, uh, I guess you would say crowd, um, were you able to notice that in the people that you were surrounded by? It was very, very easy to um, pick who was really about what. Wow, it's very easy. What's they were the indicator. Oh man! In a nice, if you can find a nice way of putting it. Yeah, these are it. not statistical. Like, yeah. you know, it's not, this is more of your opinion. It was honestly the way they talked about politics. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, because we would try. There'd be like one teacher that tried to talk about politics. We brought up gun control once in a government class, but it was just we were talking about um, the Constitution. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. we have the right to bear arms. And one teacher was like, well, what do you think that means? That doesn't necessarily mean we get to have guts. And then it was just like the loudest people in the room was like, we have to have our guns. We need <sighs> them. We yeah. get to have them. And like, I have 52 at home. You're like, mm, okay. That's crazy. Yeah. And you were mentioning to us earlier that your brother actually worked in, sorry, can you can you take us there? Yeah, um, my brother actually worked at a pawn shop, okay. which my dad used to work at when he was younger too. And when you walk into this pawn shop, there is an entire, like, row of guns. Like, the they're whole not selection. really in cases or anything. Well, some are, but, like, some aren't. And you can just be 18 and buy a gun. And it doesn't, you don't have to really have, like, a background check. You can do conceal and carry in Missouri. is completely legal. Missouri does not have a lot of strict gun laws whatsoever. Yeah, I was actually looking up the gun laws in Missouri specifically. And just to, have any. Yeah, just to take <laughs> you guys through a small um, a briefing of it. So um, this is from Wikipedia. So obviously you can find the original source that is linked to it. Um, but so, so, for example, the state... So the questions were, or the subject slash law was state permit required, sorry, state permit required to purchase? No. Firearm registration? No. Owner license required? No. Um, permit required to open carry? No. And then you go into assault weapon law? No. And um, background checks required for private sales? No. So you can just imagine... You know, anybody can literally walk in. Well, actually, um, I had looked for, like, annual gun law scorecards. And, uh, Jenna, you had asked me before the show, so, like, I pulled this up. Um, Missouri scored an F, and um, they're 47th uh, out of 50. So that's a lot. And they have 21.3, like, deaths in the hundred thousands if i believe that is so sad if don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure yes one hundred thousand. yeah does not surprise me where is that where is that um information taken from it's from the animal gun law scorecard okay so they have like this um so they like every year they take up like tally of yeah um everything they gather the data um but we were talking about the pawn shop um i just had this random question but do you know is it like is it true that you can find it in any walmart yeah. Um, yeah. Some Walmarts you can buy guns in. Yeah, I've I've had friends tell me they couldn't go to Walmarts because they sell guns. I've never heard that. But, I yeah, you can buy guns in Walmarts or, like, any Bass Pro shop. That's crazy. Or pawn shop. Because, like, I, I heard it, but I thought it was, like, you know, a myth. Like, Americans, you can find it in, like, Walmarts, but I just wanted to make sure, like, <laughs> from an American. Yes. Yeah, can you do that? Some Walmarts you can. But you know what's guns. so scary is the fact that, so, for example, here, um, you know, you get into an altercation with somebody on, in public transit or something, you don't necessarily, your brain doesn't, like, jump to the conclusion of my life is in danger or someone can pull a gun on me right now. But when you're in the States, and especially a state like Missouri, like... It does run through your mind a lot more often. Guns obviously become a thing that it will take a conflict from zero to 100. It becomes all of a sudden you could be yelling at somebody and then all of a sudden your life could be in danger. And it's not fun. I worked in retail and I worked at a retail job, and every time I would have a conflict with an employee, and I would be just, it would just be in the back of my mind that, like, this person could have a gun on them. Right. It's conceal and carry. Or, like, people that I've walked in and to work, and I've, like, kind of, you can kind of sometimes tell if they're wearing a gun, and then you're just like, 
why would you wear that into like a retail store? Like you're buying clothes, like there's no reason you need it. And then as like an employee, like customers always write anyway, but if you have to be in an argument, like, sorry, sorry, I can't do this or sorry, ma'am. And it just like, it's like if you just push the wrong button, you know, they can technically. Yeah. Cause you don't know what kind of mental state they have. And also just to assume like my, like if I see someone has a gun, like my first initial reaction is okay tread lightly like this person Mm. obviously is not in a good state of mind just be careful um and you said also your your coworkers would also wear them or no not my coworkers. okay when you're when you were working (laughs) obviously okay thank god i was like i misunderstood that i was like what i don't want to say that everybody that wears guns and conceal and carry is like not in a good state of mind or whatever i've met some people that are just like i just want to have my gun on me in case something happens but the thing is Mm -hmm. that if you feel like you need to have a gun on you to feel protected, then everybody else is armed and it just becomes a big thing. I just saw, it was actually just a meme I saw that my friend sent me mm-hmm. and it was this guy went into rob a convenience store and everybody in the convenience store shot him because they all wow. had guns yeah. on him. Like it just all of a sudden takes conflict and it takes yeah. things to the next level where it didn't have to be. Yeah. I think so I'll true. take that back. I don't mean like rights to mind. I just mean like just the fact that you have to think like you don't know what kind of person is in front of you but yeah. like you have to feel like to feel protected you think oh i need the gun because they have a gun and you can't win a gunfight with like without a gun uh, yes, without a gun exactly. so what were the experiences so when you were in high school sorry actually let me get this right there's junior high and okay no, i take me through it because i don't know i don't know exactly okay how there's uh elementary school which yeah. is usually like <laughs> kindergarten to six middle school is usually seventh uh oh no kindergarten to fifth so sixth six to, to eighth. eighth is middle school and high school is ninth to twelfth. Okay. Jenna, am I more American than you? <laughs> you might be, or you might be more caffeinated than I am. Maybe. <laughs> I just watched more TV, I guess. Yes. Um, my question was more, um, what were the drills? Because I know that we had, so in high school, I don't mm-hmm. remember so much in elementary school. We had, our for me, I like mainly had like fire, like fire drills. And yeah. I think... We like touched upon if someone would walk into the school, and yes, I think it happened especially after tw- the Dawson, the Dawson incident. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. it happened like maybe once or twice, and I think it happened once in elementary school because literally this is gonna be, it's so stupid. Um, a squirrel got into the school, so we had to like do oh a lockdown down. So we like closed our doors and had to like we thought some like a man had entered with a gun Mm -hmm. turned out it was just a squirrel like running around um and then one time in high school because there was like some kind of threat that like came to our school i think and uh they took they didn't want to take like they took precautions and Mm -hmm. yeah i like i don't necessarily remember it like we did drills you know where you would um if an alarm went off you would uh, your teacher would like lock the door and like the the majority of the class would go into the corner of the room that was furthest from the door and, um, and so, but the thing is when we went through drills like this, we didn't, we have had incidences in Montreal and in Canada where, you know, we have had gun violence before, but we, I don't think, and from, for me, in my opinion, it never really registered in my mind. Like this can, this is likely to happen or it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's a high chance of this happening, but for you, like when you, what kind of drills did they take you through and what went through your mind when you, when you went through those drills? So we would even go through these drills. I think even once in uh, elementary school, we went through one. Mm-hmm. And in middle school, we went through them a couple times. High school, it got to a lot more. And we had the same drills that you did, that you would get the alert that somebody was in the building. You would turn off the lights. You would lock the door. You would get away from the windows. You'd go uh, crowd into a corner. Mm-hmm. And you would kind of just put your head, your hands over your head and hide. Like everyone would kind of crouch, right? Yes. Until we got into high school, and especially after the Parkland shooting in 2018 yeah. in Florida, we got a new um, protocol, mm-hmm. and this protocol was new, and it was called ALICE, and ALICE has only been implemented in like 1,025 high schools. I looked at their website, which is not a lot, but ALICE is a completely different approach to in a shooter because I remember being told we had a lot of, um, we had like assemblies about it, but we had a lot of teachers talk to us about it when this came on. Is that they did uh, studies that what shooters want when they go into a school shooting and they think of it like a video game. Oh they want God. the most amount of kills. And if you are sitting into a corner, what they would tell us is that you are sitting ducks. And they would tell us that as like you're in ninth grade and you're like, you are a sitting duck if you're sitting in that corner. And they would tell us our new protocol, ALICE actually stands for, it's an acronym, it stands for 
alert, lock down, inform, counter, and evacuate. And so what our protocol was, we had the entire school practice this. Our, all of our teachers had to go do special training to uh, implement this system. And what, what happened is over the intercom, like somebody would come in, somebody would say, Alice, lockdown. And we would do the same thing. We would lock the doors. We would turn off the lights. We would arm ourselves. That was the big part. We would have classroom discussions with each teacher we had saying, what in this room can be used as a weapon? Wow. They wow. would say, like, they would talk to you and they would be crying and they would be like, I hate this is happening. And I, like, I had a high school teacher of mine keep cans in the room saying, just in case something happens, I want you to be able to throw something. We'd have wow. science teachers saying, you can take this flag off the thing if you need to. We could take the fire hydrant. Like they said, anything will become a weapon. And they would tell us straight up and they would say, they might get some of you, but they will not get all of you if everybody's fighting. Wow. And that is such a hard thing to hear from like a teacher, like an adult telling you, you might have to fight for your life And especially when, when school is supposed to feel like a safe space. Yeah. And right? like in ninth grade, you're what, 14? So... Yeah, it does not. But even in elementary school, imagine little kids who don't understand what's happening yet. You know what I mean? Like at such a young age, you need to you need to be practicing such things, and and it's like like such a shame and so sad for for young kids to have to go through something like that. You know, it always made the day like so much worse because you would have to go each individual teacher and be like, "What in this room could you do?" And what room this room could you do? And a part of that would be is that there would be some sort of form of communication between teachers. I think that was kind of on their level, and they mm-hmm. would say where the shooter was in the school. That's crazy. And then by based on that, they would evacuate. They would they would even tell us jump out of a second story window. You might break something, but you'll get away. And we yeah. had designated places to meet up in every single class, like where oh you my were. Gosh. Especially the part that freaked me out the most. We had a ni- nursery in our high school, and like that was one of the always like the evacuation places. And I just could not imagine being like a mother in high school and having to worry about a going to school and worrying for yourself, but like yeah. worrying for your child's life. That is terrifying. For sure. That is so sad. And you also said that, um, you've had friends who have been victims of gun violence, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I have. I grew up in, in between the high schools, there was like five major high schools around and like the suburb I grew up in. And it wasn't uncommon to hear about um, one of, like, a student in the high school dying of gun violence. I had someone that I grew up with um, just down the street that we went to, like, elementary school together and then, like, obviously lost touch. But, like, the last thing I heard is that he got hit in a drive-by. Oh, my gosh. And there's things of that. There's people – gun violence has become a big thing because – there's a lot of robberies and we weren't in the best mm-hmm. part of town, but a lot of, it would be escalated by bringing guns. And there is a rule or a rule that I was always told if somebody else was on your property, you were allowed to shoot them. Wow. And I've known a few people that have died that way that, I mean, they didn't just, go there the best intent. But just if you they suspect that they're doing something shot. wrong, you're allowed to. If they are on your property, you are allowed mm-hmm. to shoot, legally That's shoot them. That's so crazy. Yeah, I heard that that uh law, which sounds crazy. Like you can just step on their property and if they don't like your face, they can be threatened. It is ridiculous, but it's it, like, I also grew up that way. Like you weren't supposed to go on people's properties, like that getting balls sure. out of people's yes, yards yeah. was always like, I wouldn't say it was like a risk, but it was always like, does my neighbor like me? Do I know these people? That's like, so if, crazy. But a lot of them know that like, they're not going to shoot little kids, but it's mm-hmm. also like, if you're in a part of the neighborhood that you don't yeah. know and you're like doing something or you're just like going on somebody's property that you don't know like yeah. especially like at nighttime like it doesn't it gets kind of like it's always in the back of your mind like mm, I could get shot for being but it's, imagine just in the past decade all of the um events that have happened with gun violence people are becoming more paranoid so that means that if there are such like laws like that or or like things you grew up knowing like this it's just people because people are more paranoid they have more reason to feel like they're like being attacked or that they're under in like in danger of some sort. Right. So that's just crazy to me. Like I, I can't imagine like if someone stepped on my lawn and like I suspected them to be to, you know, like sketchy or anything like that, that, that I can just technically pull a gun on. That's just crazy to me. It's so un like, so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like no, it's not something that we're used to, right? It's really hard. I kn- I've known friends that have gotten fights with, like, people and just, like, 
But it was like stupid, like middle school or high school yeah. fights. But it was like a threat could be if you were like fighting each other's houses, like don't step on my property or I'll shoot you. Like that doesn't ever like need that to was be a, a threat. threat. Like that was a threat. That's yeah, crazy. And the worst part is like here you'd probably take it with a grain of salt. Be like okay, but there it's legit. Like if you yeah. if you step like a toe on that, like they can it's in the rights, yeah. which is uh crazy and um knowing that and when you researched universities did that come into consideration when you picked concordia oh yeah oh it did a lot because um as i said the parkland shooting that started a lot of the publicity for school shootings actually was in 2017 and i was i was graduating that year and that's when we started to really implement alice and that's when we started to really talk about school shootings and i was thinking about it and i looked at a couple colleges um from from in missouri and in like iowa and some surrounding states and i was just terrified because they were happening at universities they were happening at high schools and i didn't want to go to a school where i felt unsafe and i like felt the same thing i was feeling and i just knew after Parkland, I was like, this is not going to stop. It's it's just escalating. Like, yeah. even this um, website I was looking up, it's a CNN report, and they talk about how ever since Parkland, on average, there's been 12, a shooting every 12 days. Wow. There's been 31 shootings from K, like, kindergarten to 12th grade in schools since the year. Like, that is so scary. I just remember looking at news reports, and it was happening so much. Like, me and my friends would just yeah. talk and it happened here, and it happened here, and it happened here, and then this place was close to home, and I decided to go to Montreal for a couple other reasons, like good reasons too. My aunts are here. I love the city, Mm -hmm. but also I was so happy I got to go to a school where I didn't have to think about guns and like getting, being in a school shooting scenario because I practiced it so much in my high school. It's almost like I knew what was going to happen. And was it weird once you got here, like um, kind of like a cultural shock that it didn't have to be in the back of your mind. Yes, but it always is because it's ingrained. Right. Yeah. And sometimes when I explain it to people or I'll like, I'll say things and people are like, that's not really an issue here. And I'm like, eh, well, you know, it is yeah. back home. So it's kind of hard to like get out of it. That's your but reality. That's a reality yeah. that you lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And it's still reality for my little sister. She's still in high school Oh my gosh. and she's still doing the Alice thing. And what happened the and other she's day? she's in Missouri? She's in Missouri. And she's, it scared me so much. She called me, like, FaceTiming me crying. And I was like, what's wrong? And she said, well, the alarm system went off for Alice. Oh she said the school intruder alarm system went off, but it was actually faulty. Like, it was just an accident. But oh. none of the teachers and nobody knew, so they treated it like a real thing. Like, oh kids goodness. were jumping out of windows. She said, I was stuck in a classroom that I couldn't get out of, Jenna. And I was, like, terrified. I she literally goes, just got she, I know, I did, too. Yeah. She was like, I was so scared. She goes, because the classroom kind of opens in a a square but there's like a courtyard in the middle she goes I was facing to that there was nowhere I could go my teacher wouldn't let us leave she's like her teacher wouldn't let her evacuate she goes I was so scared she was just like bawling and they wouldn't let the kids go home after that they figured out it was faulty but I was like those kids need to go that's, home they yeah, all thought they were that's a their traumatic life was, it was so traumatic I was like crying on the phone and she was like I was so scared and I was like you should never have to go through that yeah you shouldn't have to go to school one day and just be like, oh, I don't want to do my presentation. Today sucks. And then all of a sudden, like, feel like you're, like, fearing for your life. Like, she was, like, panically, te- like, texting yeah. me and calling me. It's just, like, having to deal with the fear that this can be your last day at such a young age. For going to school. For going to school. It's just, it's horrifying. Like, I had goosebumps, too. And I was like, oh, my God, don't cry. Just, yeah, I literally just, just got, like, I had a shiver down my spine. Like, it's, it's in school is it's required there's no reason there's no way these kids can get around not going to yeah. school yeah and it's just it's crazy i'm i'm just shocked that they didn't just send them home like how can you go back to like teaching math and english after such a traumatic event even yeah. though it was false it's just and imagine the parents in that situation as well like you you were feeling that way for towards your sister but the parents like if i in the future have when i have children if i had to worry about something like that i it's just I can't imagine how many people it affects. It literally affects every single person living in those states. It does. And it's, I've heard a lot of people say they wanted to homeschool now. And it's just like, we just need, if we had stricter gun laws that we could bring school back together. Cause I do think that like public school in general is a good source of like interaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've seen that, like the effects of it, but it's just, 
going to school is like a thing you're required to do and then you might yeah. not be safe. Like that's terrifying. Yeah. And I know the teach a lot of the teachers there are also terrified because they would put their lives out on the line for of any course. one of those kids. But yeah. that's not in their job description. Yeah. Should not be like I'm gonna give my life for these students and then some of them still will die. Like you shouldn't have to tell children that you are teaching that some of you might die, but you all need to fight. Like you need to arm yourself so in mm-hmm. case something happens. It's crazy. And on that note, um, we'll go on a short break and we'll come back um, for the rest of the show and continue our conversation with Jenna. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Hear For It with Cammy and Amanda. And we have our guest here, Jenna Davies from Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri. Sorry. Yes. And just before the break, we were talking about the gun violence um, and the experiences that Jenna has gone through personally, um, people that she knows who have been victims of gun violence as well. Um, I wanted to mention, you know, it's really sad that you that someone in the States or someone who lives in the States feels like they have to, in order to be safe, that they have to leave the state. So, for example, you said that it wasn't your main reason for coming to Canada, but it was one of the reasons. And um, it's just so sad that home is doesn't feel like home because you don't feel safe, you know? And you were saying that your sister is actually coming down to Montreal. Yes, uh, she has planned ever since that I moved that she also wants to follow in my Aww. footsteps and move to Montreal. And she's asking to be here for spring break, and I'm very excited. But, yeah, she, it's just very hard to have, like, to live here and to know, don't have to think about it, but also, like, worry about my sister in a different state or worry about, like, the other kids I know and, like, family, friends or just, like, anybody they went to high school with. Like, it's, it's very hard to, like, balance the two of those out. The gun laws and all the events that have been taking place are literally driving people away from their home. And it should that shouldn't be the case. You know, we have, like you said, Amanda, earlier in the episode, you were saying that um, New Zealand um, has... has um, It's like implement... Yeah, New Zealand, Australia, England, they all did it really fast. Like right away. And how how many times does the states have to go through events like this where there are mass shootings and so many people who are dying for them to realize, you know, that this is an issue and this, it's just, oh, it gets me so upset. I have a bit hope, a bit, a bit of hope that mm-hmm. after the Parkland shooting, there was a lot of publicity and there has been a lot yeah. of um, men and women our age that have spoken up about it yes. because we are the ones being affected. We are the ones being killed mm-hmm. and we are the, we are the next generation to vote. We are the next generation of voters and the generation after us. And we want stricter gun control and we want safer schools for mm-hmm. our children and for ourselves. And I feel like a change is coming. Hopefully, I think it's going to come a lot slower than like New Zealand and Scotland, England, mm-hmm. as you had said. I had heard there has been a lot of school shootings, but one that has mainly come up is Sandy Hook Elementary yes. in mm-hmm. uh, Newtown, Connecticut in 2012, which was one of the most horrific school shootings. It was of an elementary school. Oh my God. And it was 20 children between the ages of six and seven That's years crazy. old. And I had heard many people tell me that if they weren't going to change them after Sandy Hook, which is one of the first ones mm-hmm. that made major publicity, then they are not going to change them. Yeah. Which is really hard to say, but it's also hard to um, realize because it was just, they are the most defenseless of our country. They are young, like elementary school children. And if they weren't going to change them for like our babies, why are they going to change them for high school students? That's crazy. And I think, but I think with the generations that are going now that we are getting, being able to vote, I feel like hopefully a change is coming. Mm -hmm. And this also kind of gives out the message and implies that um, how important it is as as a young adult to vote, you know, and to educate ourselves on, on who's running for, you know, um, for the, for example, when, when Trump was running, people had to educate themselves on the presidential elections. And I think it's just so important. That's why I was saying earlier that schools should educate students and should have more of a focus on politics. And, um, and like you had mentioned, like religion and things like that, things that are, are, there's a stigma around talking about. I think we need to get past that stigma. We need to get past the, the taboo around these subjects. I think what's why it's such a taboo is because, well, especially in the States where, um, you have, 
two extremes. Mm-hmm. It's either blue or red. And if you don't fall within those two categories, it, there's no in between because yeah. they're so drastic mm-hmm. that it becomes taboo. You can't talk about it without yeah. the other person being angry. And obviously I agree, like it should be branched, but also find a way to get everyone on board with yeah. strict gun control and to, so that people don't have to be scared of going to school. Like yeah. you don't have to ha- be five years old and be thinking this is the day, this is the day that could be the last. And it, and it's just, you know, it's so important. Like how many times have you heard someone our age when it comes time to vote and they end up saying like, Oh, I didn't vote because I don't have an, an opinion or because I don't really care. But like you're adding to the problem by doing that, you know, by not voting. So it's it's just like my my input and my opinion on it is that education system needs to really take like take this into consideration and really utilize like all the the information that we can provide to young people and to to people our age even you know like now in university you can take classes on on such diverse topics but in in elementary school and in high school we don't learn we learn things that are maybe even I could say irrelevant to our future and to our, our, our life. Not not everything, but like there are a lot of things that I would replace in the education system and the criteria that is is put out um, for students to learn. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that's something that can be changed too. And and I think that that can be have a huge impact on on the future and on on future leaders. I don't know about you guys. Especially since that we use this educational system to form our own opinions, especially yes. at a young age that I felt a, in a lot of debates that I've had like back home and in here about politics is that I've like what I've heard from the conversations is that they're just sprouting their parents' opinions. Yes. And it seems like politics has become a thing that is always going to be passed down through families and not mm. something that you learn on your own. Yeah. It's become of that sort of thing. Like nobody's going out and getting the right information and it needs to start somewhere. They need to have a base foundation yeah. of it. Because if your family is a very strong red or blue, they're not going to tell you to think or look up anything different. Yeah. They are going to say, this is what we believe. Yeah. As a family, as a unit, this is how life should be. And nobody questions it. And that's is people need to start questioning it. They need to start making value-based decisions. And they mm-hmm. need to look at the news. And then they need to have these preconceived notions of what red and what blue is. Right. And just think... I'm not going to vote for like stricter gun control because it's blue or something like that. And it's like, but you want stricter gun control, like take away the politics of it for a second and think about, think about our children. Think about us. Do we want to be safe in schools? Do we want our kids to be safe in schools? And it's so, it's so true that young, like young people are, are sponges when it comes to retaining information. So if they're surrounded by their parents who are, you know, um, you know, um, what's the word that I'm looking for when they're having specific conversations with friends or, you know, these kids are retaining all of this information and that's where they're forming their opinions, but it's not, it's a bias. It's a bias opinion, you know, in a sense it's, you're not, you're not getting, you're not getting the, the balance of it all. You're getting one, one side of it all. And then mm-hmm. that's how you're base. that's where you're getting your opinion from. So I just, yeah, like we've been preaching, it's so yeah. in the education and especially system since- as well. If they didn't get the education, then they pass it on to their yeah. kids, and then they pass it on to their exactly. kids. It's just a vicious cycle. And you exactly. could tell very well, because you say, well, why are you a Democrat? Why are you a Republican? And they'll just like, because I am. Yeah. Because I am, and I don't need to explain it to you. Yeah. And then they fight very hard on that fact. Yeah. But it's if you yeah. back up your opinions, and it, it saves more room for people to actually come to an under, a mutual understanding mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. just yelling at each other, I'm right and you're wrong. And that's where a lot of our conflict lies. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way of wrapping up the conversation. Wrapping it up. Thank you, Jenna, for sitting with us yes. and being our first guest. Um, only thank me when you're famous. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get a cut of it all. Please, I'm our, I won't even know you when I'm famous. <laughs> no, I'm just like that guy from the, the song that was yes. in the beginning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for yes. coming. And you think you made the conversation so much more impactful for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, On that note, we will leave you guys off with that. And we hope you have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Monday. You're listening to Here For It with Cammie and Amanda and Jenna tonight on CJLO 1690 AM. Have a great night, everyone. Good night. And uh, here's The Bullet by Carrie Underwood.
Bullet keeps on going. 